live from the Nixcast Anthropological Institute. Today we're talking about fans of Wonder Woman. Everybody and welcome back to Fanthropological. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about fans of one of DC's Trinity, Ooh. Wonder Woman. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick Z. Hey, everybody! I'm here. I've got my—you uh, can't see it, but trust me, trust me. I've got my uh, star-spangled undies on, and I got a sword tucked into my shirt at the back. Trust me, it's cool. It's cool. And uh, yeah, ready to talk about Wonder Woman fans. And Nick T. My official title is Princess Turwood of the Next Cast, son of. I've already run out this game. Yeah. This is it's over. It's Man, done. Man. I can't do it. So I'm never reversing the order that I introduce you guys again. <laughs> I I pre thought of it. I just couldn't think of anything to fill in the blanks. I probably would have said the exact same thing if I had gone second. For the record. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, official title is Prince Nick of Canada, son of Turwood. There we go. Perfect. How's that? Is that better? That's, yeah. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> okay. A good formal title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as G mentioned, this week we were talking about fans of Wonder Woman. Because of time travel, by the time this episode is released, it will be very close to International Women's Day, which is, I believe, March 8th, and I don't know when this episode gets released, but it's near then. So we wanted to try to pick something that's more relevant to that and i couldn't think of anything other than wonder woman that kind of intersects with the normal things that we talk about yeah it's kind of a perfect thing it was like dc managed to get themselves into the sunshine for just a minute and there was a time (laughs) when i was highlighting like like the first like live action female superhero movie it's probably not the first because catwoman oh that's right and there's probably other examples um it's definitely one of the more prominent, well-known ones oh, yeah. done recently, but it's probably not the first. It is the most successful superhero origin movie. Okay. I read that in my research, and I assume the word origin is there for a reason, because, like, Avengers 2 is probably that, or something <laughs> like that, but, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the most successful, most profitable movie directed by a woman. Ah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I definitely see that. I think that's correct. Yeah. But as you mentioned, we are talking about Wonder Woman. So to get us started, I'm going to dive into some facts, some background about Wonder Woman in case you didn't know anything about her, as you might be like us before we went into the Wonder Woman movie. I mean, I knew a little bit, but I didn't. Anyway, let's let's just dive into the facts and have less idle speculation. So, Wonder Woman is obviously a character in the DC Comics universe and is a founding member of that universe's organization, the Justice League. She's also one of the three comic book lines that were produced at the beginning of DC Comics alongside Batman and Superman. Her official title is Princess Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta, but when blending into society outside of her homeland, she adopts the identity Diana Prince. She has several heroic abilities, including superhuman strength, speed, durability, and longevity, accelerated healing factor, and the power of flight, and also possesses a variety of interesting technology, such as the lasso of truth, which compels people to speak the truth, indestructible bracelets, and a tiara that she often uses as a projectile. 
She was originally developed in 1941 by American psychologist William Moulton Marston and artist Harry G. Peter, and was heavily influenced by Olive Byrne, Marston's lover, Marston's wife, Elizabeth Marston, and uh, many early feminists. Wonder Woman has been depicted in various media, including the 1975 TV series, many animated series, and most recently, the 2017 movie of the same name. I think she also appeared in the Justice League movie, but nobody really wants to talk about that. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that's just an omission on, on my part. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't a deliberate omission. There's a little bit of outrage about the preview, but uh, oh. yeah. Okay. We can get into that later. Okay. Apparently, I should have watched that movie before we did this, but whatever. In terms of search data, obviously, since Wonder Woman was originally developed in 1941, we don't have a lot of search data. Google Trends data only goes back to 2004. Also interesting, Wonder Woman, not the topic to look for. Apparently, Diana Prince. Oh, interesting. Like, I'm sure if I put Superman, it wouldn't be like Kal-El. Yeah, or Clark Kent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Interest in Wonder Woman has been almost flat. Arguably, it's gone up slightly over 2004 to about 2016. And then suddenly, for some reason, there's a dramatic increase in interest, in particular when the release of the movie happened in June of 2017. Mm -hmm. The top 10 countries by search volume, which might actually be surprising, are Puerto Rico, Brazil, the Philippines, the United States, Singapore, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Taiwan, United Kingdom. Huh. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not the first time that we haven't seen, like, predominantly English-speaking countries at the top. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see the Latin countries in there, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why that would be in particular, because I imagine most of the search data is skewed towards the movie. Yep. Gal Gadot is... Uh, what's her background? Israeli? She's Israeli. Yeah. Right. So there's not a particular connection there. I Like, I assume most of the search volume is driven by interest in the movie. Yep. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know why that mm. is. I did manage to get some fan demographics, but again, unless I worked at DC, really hard to get a lot of really good data about that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So I mostly got it in terms of this person, Brett Schenker. Apologies if I've mispronounced your name. That person dug into fans of Wonder Woman based on interest on Facebook. They found that overall men made up about 52% of the population of the different countries, but almost 57% of the fans of Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. In their research, the country that had the most female Wonder Woman fans was South Korea at 72%, and the most male fans, India, with 88%. Wow. Which doesn't line up at all with the other search interests so i don't know what's going on there (laughs) well in india i mean i can't really speak for the bigger cities but i have heard that um apparently in smaller communities it's kind of frowned upon for women to go online so that could probably be a factor interesting also welcome to the stream artemage 84 thanks for joining us and i got a couple fast facts before we start getting into the famous last words I looked at archive of our own. Would you believe that there's actually less fan works for Wonder Woman than some of the other things that we've covered recently? Really? Yeah, I kind of wouldn't. <laughs> I. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, 
there's about 800 like it's like a 23 or something like that okay. fan works related to wonder woman the majority of what your category says female male relationships about 471 so that's over half the vast majority deal with other characters in the dc universe or just other characters in the wonder woman universe and the top three pairings mm. diana and trevor yep. at about 247 so just over a quarter diana bruce wayne 69 of them oh and a surprise to me diana and steve rogers with about 57 wait a minute <laughs> diana and clark kent not in the top three not, no not in the top three but be briefly canonical diana and clark kent i found that a very popular ot3 like the canonical ot3 is um clark kent wonder woman and bruce wayne ah yes but i mean that's not the same Artemage asks, what's one of those things you find surprising that has more worse than Wonder Woman? Uh, what did we cover recently? Like, um, Rick and Morty had like 500 or something like that. Yep. Overwatch had quite a few, but as we discovered, that's not terribly surprising. Yeah. I think even the Olympics had like something yeah. in the less than a thousand or more than 500. Yeah. Because Monty Python had like 200 or 300. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I would expect like something like Wonder Woman to have in the thousands, like dramatically different than real person fiction. Yeah, like there are tons of uh, fanfics up there for like for for Zelda, for example. Oh yeah, there's tons. And you know, being a fairly big media property, I would have expected the same of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, creepy pasta, but creepy pasta like is fan works. Yeah, I mean. Without digging into this too deeply, because that was all that I had for fandom facts, I'm going to very quickly look back. Yeah. Figure skating real person fiction had over 1,200. Wow. Ghostbusters had 2,600. Yeah. That is That's... not something that I would expect. Yeah. <laughs> there are more Ghostbusters fan fiction on Archive of Our Own than there are Wonder Woman fanfics. Wow. Maybe it gets subsumed into the DC universe, and I didn't look into that, but like, just I just find that interesting. There could be a lot of like slightly different categorizations. To quickly answer your question, Artemage, that is all Ghostbusters properties, but when we looked at it last time, the majority of Ghostbusters fanfics were about the 2016 movie. The real Ghostbusters had 300, and Ghostbusters 1 and 2 had about 100. Well, now that we've... Uh had a wonder woman movie i wonder if we let that cook for another year if there'll be significantly more <laughs> yeah we we will find out that however brings us to our famous last words from last episode mm-hmm. where we're going to find out i don't know what interesting things we had to say and what we found out from that z you're on the top of my head list for this sure. <laughs> all right all right i'm ready i am very interested in what you found <laughs> your famous last words were as we found in the Barbie episode, is there a Wonder Woman fan who strives to look like Wonder Woman? And I put in brackets to the extreme, which I don't even know what that means because there's all <laughs> sorts of different Wonder Women. So what did you find? Well, actually, kind of very much in line with your uh, your uncertainty about what that exactly means. since There are so many different kinds of Wonder Women uh, in the comics and such, so many different designs. I didn't really find much. There were a lot of uh, sort of workouts that were like dubbed the Wonder Woman workout, you know, like do this thing to like blast your glutes and max your quads and all that stuff. There were some people who were like dubbed 
the Wonder Woman of whatever, because they were generally brunettes, brunette women who like had a, a big emphasis on fitness in their lives. There's, um, of all things, a military dentist in particular that got that uh, mm. that name. But in general, I didn't really come across much. The best, closest thing to like a living Wonder Woman in the same sense that there is a living Barbie out there in the world or a few of them was this cosplayer named Allison Tabitha from Orlando, Florida. And she's not just specifically about cosplaying Wonder Woman, but everything, every character that she cosplays as. Yeah. Yeah. Through like a combination of makeup, costume, obviously, angle and lighting. She generally kind of recreates like the look of very well-known characters. Like her Laura Croft looks incredibly like Angelina Jolie's Laura Croft. Wow. Her Wonder Woman looks almost exactly like Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. So like that's pretty much the closest thing. And if I had to speculate, the reason why I didn't really come up with anything as as I guess extreme as the living Barbies that we came across in that episode was because Wonder Woman is a fit brunette with blue eyes and that's it. You know? <laughs> A lot of people are Wonder Woman, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably for the better that you did not find somebody. Mm-hmm. Because as we learned uh, in that Barbie episode, it's not not necessarily a good thing or a cheap thing no. to try to contort yourself into that, that particular shape. Yeah. When you mentioned Alison Tabitha, I'm like, I don't know who that is, but what are the odds that it's this picture that I'd seen circulating the internet? And <laughs> that was correct. She's also done like... Yep. Widowmaker from Overwatch yeah. and uh, one of the Titans from Attack on Titan. Which of your three is the Wonder Woman of the next cast? Uh, yeah. Tune in to Anime North 2018 to find <laughs> out. So if we three are the DC Trinity, is that what you're positing? Ooh. Well, I don't want to fight over that. <laughs> I guess, does that make me Wonder Woman? Girl. Would that be Superman? No, I think you'd be I Batman. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest with you, T. Uh-oh. Got the gadgets. You've got such wonderful toys. Anyway. None of them are my favorite DC characters. <laughs> um, None of them are the Flasher or Green Lantern. But that's not what we're talking about today. Or Booster Gold. Or Booster Gold. Sorry, I forgot about that. That's right. Um, I forget about Booster Gold. Or Drake. All right. <laughs> Art image. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, making good on that threat of getting photographic evidence at Anime North. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my famous last words were, is Wonder Woman more popular with men or with women? Uh, We already got to that in the demographics, which I thought we might. Seems to be an even split. There might be other data to suggest otherwise, but I think that's pretty reasonable. In the past, we've talked about how it often looks like fandom is more male dominated, but because there's like this divide between curative, like passive or collecting or whatever, and transformative or creative or whatever. We often just don't see or count them in the same way. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's about an even split. Okay. But I also asked a second question because I thought that might happen. And that was, at what point did Wonder Woman lose her bizarre weaknesses? And was yeah. that influenced by the times? For those not in the know, when Wonder Woman was created, she had a couple bizarre weaknesses. One of which was called Aphrodite's Law. Which was where whenever she was bound by a man, not by a woman, by a man. She would lose all of her powers. Oh, brother. What? And that was specifically because her bracers would touch, right? Uh, I didn't dig too deep into okay. it. Okay, okay. 
It's about like being tied up by a man. Yeah. And I did learn that that has to do a lot with Marston, who often used the character as like his opinion piece. So like he would use Wonder Woman as a character to talk about different things that he thought. Hmm. So that was like one eccentricity of him. But there was also a weakness that I didn't look into, which is where when she loses her bracers, she goes into a rage. Didn't look into that. Hmm. I can explain that. Oh, go for it. That is a more recent development. Yeah. In her original original origin, Hippolyta, her, her mother, made her, her of clay, mm-hmm. and then the gods brought her to life. In the New 52 origin, she was actually the child of Hippolyta and Zeus. Okay. So it made her a demigod. And the bracers were actually, like, restricting her power. Oh, okay. okay. So when she read them off, she, like, would go into a berserker rage with all her godly power. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought those happened around the same time and that it was, like, a kind of a sexist thing. Now I don't know what to think, but I do know that Aphrodite's Law disappeared in the modern era of comics, which I thought was a long time ago, but turns out it was only like in the 80s. Yep. Because I don't know a lot about comic lore. I know slightly more than that. Hmm? Very slightly. Well, that's basically what this podcast aspires to, (laughs) knowing slightly more. That's right. Yep. I'm not finishing that sentence, just (laughs) knowing slightly more. Yeah. (laughs) G, your famous last words were... Are there fans out there who see Wonder Woman as an American patriotic symbol? And if so, how does that work? (sighs) Okay. I didn't find a lot of fans who still viewed her as a patriot symbol. In fact, the opposite. It's a New York Post article on specifically why she was made even less American in the film. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. It's mostly about, like, specifically with a film, like, so... The international box office would be really good, and it's not, like, over-American. Yeah. But there were a lot of people who would answer the question of, like, if she's supposed to be from Themyscira, or an international symbol of peace, why did she wear American colors in the first place? Mm-hmm. And pick a number between one and four. Three. All right. <laughs> when Steve Trevor was saved by Dan after his plane crashed in the ocean near Themyscira, he was rescued nursed back to health, and she was sent with him as an ambassador to the U.S., and she turned the flag that he had with him in his plane into her outfit to be, uh, okay. you know, a, a more, okay. you know, in, in, in uh, collaboration or, or peace mm-hmm. or, or whatever you want. Do all the numbers lead to this, uh, this end of the Choose Your Own Adventure podcast? Two and three are fairly similar. Okay. Um... <laughs> They were, you know, they were originally Greek symbols, uh, is another one. Okay. See, the hunter's moon, which is red. Cassiopeia is the stars. Yeah. Eagle, actually a symbol of Athena. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. This is supposed to be in Quora, actually. Like, if she's an Amazon princess, why does she wear American clothing? Mm -hmm. Someone posted what looks like a fairly recent frame from a comic, where she's like, Betsy Ross actually got her inspiration from us for the flag <laughs> so oh like you can do that there's a <laughs> there's a big backstory about how steve trevor's mother diana trevor actually went through some weird time portal and crashed near themiscira mm-hmm. and she helped them fight a battle or beat someone back into a portal or something but she died doing so was given a full military funeral on themiscira and Armor and clothing was made in her colors for that reason as part of the military funeral, which Diana then later put on. 
Okay. The actual reason is that she was supposed to be a female counterpart to Superman, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, the actual reason is just, like, American comics, which were being made in America, <laughs> you know. I mean, because of the nature of, of Wonder Woman and the topic and the when this is being released, I wanted to try to see if there was any particular, like, feminist threads about Wonder Woman because she's been heralded as a, a feminist icon for a long time. And I was like, well... There's got to be something there. There were several things that I read, one of which was that recently, for a period of about two months, Wonder Woman was made an honorary UN ambassador. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That has happened with other characters in the past, like Winnie the Pooh, as an effort to promote different uh, efforts that the Mm -hmm. United Nations is doing. Yeah, specifically around the empowerment of uh, women and girls. Yes, that was the reason for Wonder Woman in particular being selected. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was actually a lot of outrage about that, not because it was a comic book character or anything like that. Many people were upset about what Wonder Woman represents and how mm. she's particularly represented as like a white woman and in particular a white woman who is like proportioned in a way that isn't attainable, like in a Barbie way, but not Barbie because Barbie has different proportions. Yeah. So there, there were a number of different criticisms, but some of them were related to like the representation. It's like, well, if you want to pick a a woman as a person represent this effort then like why did you pick somebody who's so like for lack of a better word like like american mm-hmm. why wouldn't you pick somebody who is more like multinational or something like that so i think that there are actually people who do see wonder woman as like an american symbol but not necessarily like what you were going for g with like a patriotic american symbol right yeah you guys come across the, uh, the quote, I would say the most famous quote that uh, William Moulton Marston said about the creation of Wonder Woman? I did not. No. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. He said, frankly, Wonder Woman is psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who I believe should rule the world. Oh, man. Keep going. That's it. Ah! <laughs> oh, more. <laughs> I was going to say, what more do you want? <laughs> Well, because it's either the next line is either going to be amazing and like empowering and insightful, or it's going to be like the terrible ramblings of a white dude. I think that's why he cut himself short. (laughs) No, he probably kept talking. The quote just says there. I think history cut him short, probably. It's all a conspiracy theory, man. (sighs) That is a good quote, though. Yeah. So that brings us to the meat of the entire discussion. And that is... Why are people fans of Wonder Woman? Why? Whether it be the recent 2016 movie or the entire everything, the comic book lineage that she has been a part of. The Linda Carter TV series? Yeah, the Linda Carter TV series. Yep. Seemed pretty popular at the time. Artemage has volunteered to do some research on our behalf. Whoa. What is the source of that quote? It actually came from a YouTube channel called Variant Comics. They had a, like a short history of Wonder Woman. I used to get like the baseline, and they read it in there. Mm-hmm. I since Googled Wonder Woman psychological propaganda, and it came up in a bunch of different articles. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. The one I have here is from smithsonianmag.com. It's entitled The Surprising Origin Story of Wonder Woman. I really should have watched that documentary slash biopic before we did this podcast that would have been fun <laughs> yeah it would have helped 
Well, I'm not 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 giving you the whole story on like why people like it and stuff like that, but the the creation, the history, the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I also know Marston is like closely tied to the invention of the polygraph. Oh, oh yeah, very interesting person there. But we're not talking about Marston. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Hey, okay, okay. Oh, the yeah. Okay, keep going. I see yeah, where this is yeah. going. <laughs> Which relates to the lasso of truth. Yes. Yeah. Right. Lie detector. Yeah. Not only does it make people tell the truth, but when people have the lasso on, they don't see illusions. Mm. Oh, I forgot about that second detail. Yeah. It's like uh, dispel magic. <laughs> or what have you. <laughs> All right. Superman is the immigrant story, right? Mm-hmm. He's sent off as a baby. Yep. Finds himself on this planet where he's a Superman. And helps the people, helps the downtrodden, helps people who can't help themselves, etc., etc. Wonder Woman has, like, her description is not dissimilar. Yeah. But she never had to leave Themyscira. No. No, she's the Chrono Trigger story. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She didn't need to save the future, but she decided she wanted to. That's right. People like that. You know, the choice to be courageous. Now, Superman doesn't necessarily have to be Superman. That's That's been explored quite a bit in comics. <laughs> but, like, Wonder Woman didn't even have to acknowledge, like, the problems of the rest of the world. Because Emiskira was founded, like, apart from ancient Greece, to get away from, like, the evils of men. So she could have just been, like, done with them. Yep. They had their chance. But just choosing to go back in help initially specifically america but everybody yeah yeah that was an interesting thing that i found and was reminded of in the movie so there's this aspect of like obviously going and doing things that she didn't need to but also like in the movie and i can only speak from that perspective because i haven't read any of the comics and i've probably only seen like bits and pieces of various dc animated series but like she takes these faults that humans have their compulsion to like fight and quarrel and whatnot and she doesn't take those and she's not like superman she doesn't get in the way and be like i'm a a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. that's not her role yeah she like takes those faults and she's like hey i want to help you be better humans i want you to be better so that you don't fight yes yeah i'll get in there like i'm literally in the trenches i'm climbing out of the trenches knocking back mortars like deflecting bullets showing my power yes and i'm i'm obviously literally doing that but my goal isn't to like kill the other people or to just tie them up and be like well that's the end we've stopped the bad people it's not about there are bad people and we should stop them it's about and i think this was said in the movie it's like humans have within them this light and this dark and she wants to guide them into the light portion for people to acknowledge the dark in them and choose the light part of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and she makes no bones about being an outsider. It's not like Superman who was trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really great gif from the animated series, and it's Wonder Woman in her, um, I guess, her regular outfit because it doesn't. It's not a skirt. It's like the the short shorts, mm-hmm. and she's up on the watchtower. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, and. They're like talking about the dress code and she's like, This does this make people uncomfortable? It's like this is who I am. Yeah. 
she doesn't care about being an outsider when in the movie she goes to the uk and is like it's like you can't do this it's like why not because <laughs> people will think you're weird and it's like who cares why, why does <laughs> yeah. that matter another core article why do people like wonder woman Ooh. someone was just recounting bits of the movie i forgot about this she tastes vanilla ice cream for the first time and then tells the vendor your people should be so proud that's sweet that, that was such a sweet line yes sorry that you couldn't find any more research there artemage that is the challenge that we find every time when we're doing research mm. on the air yeah it's often hard to find what you're looking for a common theme <laughs> but yeah not a sense that she's like unlike batman she's not like out for revenge no right she's not like ah like her enemy is like literally Ares, the god of war mm-hmm. but it's not like i have to avenge a death in my family or something like that it's just like she's more as you said about bringing the light out of people because she's she's able to do that fanlore linked to these two posts in particular and one of them in particular from tumblr written by somebody called agent verbivore i believe speaking specifically about the 2017 movie mentioned that like one of the things they really loved about the movie was that it presented this superhero whose superpower was basically powered by empathy and compassion on screen you could see wonder woman get visibly stronger and more powerful the more she was empathizing with people and showing compassion Mm mm-hmm and like that, I feel, ties into the whole acknowledge the dark, but choose the light thing that you guys were talking about a mere seconds earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, here's the thing. And this was enlightening to me not being a, a huge comic book reader mm-hmm. or not reading Marvel and DC, I guess. One quote that like opened my eyes is like, in Marvel movies, comics, etc., you have humans that are trying to be gods. And in the DC universe, you have gods like sometimes literally gods and not figurative <laughs> gods trying to be human. And Wonder Woman is like so human by comparison to all of her counterparts. Yeah, that's true. Like Batman is obviously a man. There was an article on Kinja to be human. Why I love Wonder Woman. And it was talking about how Wonder Woman is this like interesting combination of aspects of Superman and Batman, which I think kind of deemphasizes like, how wonder woman is unique but like using that as a perspective it's talking about like the aspects of wonder woman that seem like they're from superman but it talked about like batman is this kind of like dc jesus but canonically he's a a really driven human being right right and wonder woman is like that as well but she's not driven by like a deep pain or suffering and whatnot she's driven by like this empathy Mm mm-hmm And she happens to have this aspect of being very powerful in this position of, I guess, privilege and this huge amount of empathy. And there's nothing that will stop her to pursue that, like, making things better, even if it's, like, naively driven. I was reading about how she was thwarted in various DC stories. Some of them were really dumb. Uh, Some of them were enlightening because I learned that in, like, the New 52, arrows pierce her and those are exempt from the fast healing stuff. But I found out that, like, Batman had a plan, like a backup plan for everybody, because of course he does. Yep. And it was like, if Wonder Woman ever went rogue, she doesn't stop because she's so driven. So it was like, 
convince her, like put a chip in her brain or something so that everyone looks like one of her enemies. And then she'll like literally fight civilians because she doesn't know any different because she won't stop until the enemy is done. Right. But like, otherwise she's driven by this huge sense of like empathy. Mm -hmm. Artemage is clarified, vulnerable to piercing implements over bludgeoning or slashing. (laughs) Yes. Technically true. (laughs) Yes. It takes double piercing damage, I guess. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, Green Lantern is weaknesses yellow i mean that that same article talked about some really interesting stuff <laughs> about other dc movies i would not say that that's interesting <laughs> it's downright stupid <laughs> but yes <laughs> all right like if you, if you dig up any comic character you're gonna find some stupid stuff because hmm? most of them have been around yeah. for comics <laughs> yeah bob chipman's famous line comics are weird comics are weird <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but like i don't know I think much of the appeal of Wonder Woman, at least as she's portrayed in the 2016 movie, and probably to some extent in the comics, is like, whether or not she's naive, she's like this huge optimist and idealist hoping to see the good in people and to nurture that good out of them. Yeah. Whether that be like beating it out of them or or what, but she's going to do it. I wrote down, and this is obviously wrong because it doesn't make any sense, but it's like, she's the Western equivalent like to the anime heroine. Mm. Yeah, because the anime heroine is just like, you know, we're going to defeat everyone through peace and love and friendship. And that's not exactly Wonder Woman because like, no, yeah, she will beat up people. Yeah, she's a superhero. Yeah, but she's motivated by the same ideals of like love and justice and peace. That's true. Yeah. From the perspective of like her as a character, I think she's also appealing because she's not just like a one note character. She is more rounded then like I'm gonna go ahead and say it and say Barbie. <laughs> She's more of a round character than than Barbie. Barbie has over eighty <laughs> professions, man. Don't you go <laughs> sh- on Barbie. <laughs> just to, just for the sake of example. Okay, yeah. Sake of example. Okay. Um, and very specifically in a Tumblr blog called Perry Chat or a Tumblr Perry Chat. I don't know. I'm obviously too old for the internet now. Anyway, somebody asked the question: Isn't Diana Prince isn't Wonder Woman just an example of the born sexy trope? Uh, that definitely came up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and this person said, "No, no, she's not." Because in the born sexy trope, what it is, it's like either a man or a woman who is just like incredibly physically attractive, also very naive about like everything, and somebody who is basically in a story just to be like a love object or sex object or whatever basically there to be objectified and wonder woman avoids all that because she may be a little bit naive but like when she goes over to uh to london in the movie for example in the 2017 movie you know you could say oh she's really naive she doesn't understand anything about anything modern because she's from this crazy isolated place but it's not so much a naivety as it is a culture shock and steve trevor experiences the same thing when he's in themiscira yeah, and it doesn't take her long to bond with people. No, not at all. Like, that part doesn't really matter. She's just like, fashion is different. That's Yeah, and the person making this point also mentioned that she's sexy, but not sexualized. Hmm. And that, like, she is in the movie, and she's a main character in the movie, but she is not a love interest. She has love interests. Uh, I mean, like, that's debatable, right? Like, well, yeah. I was reminded of some moments in the movie... 
oftentimes when I'm trying to figure out why people love things, I also look up why do people hate things? <laughs> because, well, it's not necessarily the case that you ha- can have to like just invert it, get the equivalent. But one of the things was there were a lot of feminist criticisms of Wonder Woman. And one of them is like the sexy but hyper-competent trope. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading about that, somebody was mentioning that like literally one of the lines in the movie is like, I'm scared, but also aroused. Mm. Yeah. So like maybe she isn't as objectified in many other movies, but like I wouldn't say that it's fair to say that she wasn't objectified like, at all. Well, I mean, it's impossible for zero objectification to happen for anybody yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, right? sorry. Like, Yes, yeah. It's going to happen to varying degrees, but it's not like a a 70s or 60s fluff movie where she was just scantily clad and like dancing around just doing that. Yeah, that's fair. I would say just like cap on that little area, like if you haven't seen it, go check out the Born Sexy Yesterday video by Pop Culture Detective on YouTube. I love Pop Culture Detective. Pop Culture Detective is a great channel. Yeah. um, Born Sexy Yesterday is like a really good, it's about uh, just under 20 minutes, but it's like a really good examination of this trope that's been running through sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. for a while. And I can definitely see why it's brought up in relation to Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but I think it sidesteps it a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting, too, how many takes there are on, on Wonder Woman. When I was reading about the cultural impact of Wonder Woman, one article that I read had mentioned that at one point Wonder Woman was derided by psychologists and anti-comic book crusaders which obviously gives a little bit of an idea (laughs) of the time period in which this this happened but as an anti-male lesbian uh, oh I missed this sentence has steadily increased over the years uh, having served as an iconic exemplar of the feminist movement so like it's interesting that you have these like very different ideas being mashed together Mm -hmm. like People have very different ideas of what Wonder Woman represents. Yeah. In recent news, I saw that fans had petitioned for the sequel to Wonder Woman to have Wonder Woman portrayed as like a bisexual person. Mm-hmm. Isn't that canon? I have no idea. I don't know enough about the canon. In that article about um, foreign sexy, foreign sexy trope, yeah, that came up. They just mentioned that canonically she is a uh, bisexual, but I mean, I didn't see anywhere else confirming that. I guess the issue is that in a lot of movies, we tend to de-emphasize aspects of people's identity that don't conform Mm -hmm. to the majority. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of going back to the Overwatch episode, like bisexuality is not easy to convey quickly. Yes. Yeah, that was a little, yeah. Artemage beat me to the (laughs) googling punch. Wonder Woman is bisexual. (laughs) And this is great. I don't even have to Google things anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Artemage. I have to do it all the time. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so it's got to be, like, the appeal of Wonder Woman, like, mm-hmm. obviously, we have a, a character who's, like, sees the good in people and wants to nurture it. We see somebody who's strong, literally, in terms of strength, but also in mm-hmm. terms of moral character. We have somebody who's a god who is more human than many other characters but like is that it there's gotta be more to it than that because like that's your every anime magical girl i don't see people jumping up and loving every magical girl series that comes up she's got a sword and she stabbed dark side in the face yeah come at it from a different angle is that <laughs> did that happen in justice happened League? in the comics the movie i didn't see yeah okay 
Remind me who Darkseid is. Darkseid is from the planet Apocalypse. He's like the DC Thanos. Okay, that I can understand. Yeah. I feel like he at least somewhat figures into Justice League. Too bad I haven't seen Justice League. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, he's like the big bad from another world who's like embodies evil almost. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. People like badasses. That's true. I think that's a big part of it. After the movie came out and sort of reached peak popularity, there's a hashtag going around. Hashtag WW got your back. People would use that hashtag whenever they posted pictures of them wearing like evening wear with swords stuffed into it. Yeah. Like she has in the movie. So, I mean, people really, I think specifically with the movie, because I don't, I can't talk about like the 40 plus years, 50 plus years of comics because I'm not familiar with them. 70. 70. Man, there you go. But like specifically with the movie, it was the first time people actually saw a a badass female superhero on the big screen and like related to her in a way that they never really had before. Maybe not even since like the 70s Wonder Woman series, because at the time that seemed to be super popular, but I don't really know where it stands now. So I think that contrast is something that uh, that contributes to it a little bit. And it says, was everyone using a different sword in their evening wear or sticking to WWE style blade? Everybody was using different swords. Some of them were like little foam buffers. Some of them were kind of katana-ish. Some of them, I think somebody used like a lightsaber. So yeah, just like whatever was lying around, you know, just got you back. Putting it in there. A lightsaber seems like it would be very unpleasant. <laughs> if it was off, it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, <laughs> just for a bit of a historical note, which... At first, I was like, oh, that's awful, and then got worse. There's an article called Wonder Woman is a Milestone, but it shouldn't be, which made me realize that it's like, oh my goodness, Wonder Woman is the first female-led superhero movie ever, which I know is not true, and I'm like, that's amazing that it's taken this long for that to happen. Then I was reminded by the same search that there was another female-led superhero movie, Elektra, which was in 2005. And then I was like, well, that's still bad that it's taken that long for that to happen. Now, admittedly, like the X-Men movies came out in the mid 90s, but Batman has been having movies since like 1989 or something like that. Yeah. If you don't want to count the campy Adam West Batman, (laughs) but like still Superman 1970. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. (sighs) Brother. But like, yeah. I guess the best female-led superhero movie, which is sadly a low bar, which is greatly exceeded. Mm -hmm. Certainly the most successful. Yeah. Like, objectively the most successful. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Marvel's like, well, you know, the Black Widow movie, I think it just needs to... What if we made (laughs) Red Canary or Sparrow or whatever? Would that... No, that's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same movie, people. There are lots of really cool female superheroes in the marvel universe pick one make a movie supergirl movie oh man that's dc okay right right also they have a supergirl tv show tv series yeah 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 very good i've seen some of it It looks good it has a what's her name the lawyer crap um supergirl ally mcbeal no is that right oh calista flockhart calista flockhart oh yeah cool the supergirl movie yeah the supergirl movie 
from 84. An image reminded me. Yeah. Wow. Unless if you were born. 86, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, actually, I have seen the, I've seen the Supergirl movie. Yeah. When I watched all the Superman movies, I also watched the Supergirl movie. Makes sense. Yeah. As we were kind of touching on, like, I guess that is part of the appeal. It's like there is a superhero that is out there, mm-hmm. very evident, very like badass, but also very human. Yeah. We all can't like go out onto the field and deflect bullets and crap. But like, even though it's a low bar, even though it's just one type of woman, like one representation of a woman doing that, it's like women can be superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they like happen to fill more masculine roles in the sense that it's about fighting and not about other things but like that's still something that's better than nothing and it's apparently better than anything that had come (laughs) before it which is the saddest part of the entire (laughs) like if you want to be a female superhero your role models like based on movies your role models are Elektra and wonder woman cool (laughs) or some of the x-men Ooh, yeah. Yeah, but the X Men is more of like an ensemble, right? <laughs> exactly. Except for like Wolverine. <laughs> the X Men, aka pretty much just Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> just let him sing, everybody. Just let him sing. <laughs> That's all he wants. Would have made Logan a very different movie. All right, everyone says, which of you can't deflect bullets? I'm obviously not going to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that means you'll have to shoot at you to find out. Oh, boy. Well, when we show up at Anime North and one of us is dressed up like Wonder Woman, we'll know which one can deflect bullets. And then we'll get shot, and then we'll go to the hospital. They got the real deal. (laughs) I can deflect bullets, but I'm really slow. I'm not entirely sure how it fits in exactly, but I did come across something really interesting from uh, Entertainment Tonight Canada. That outrage that I was talking about at the top of the show about the preview for Justice League. If you'll think back to the Wonder Woman movie, it shows the the people of Themyscira dressed in like fairly practical battle armor for women, which is in fantasy and sci-fi settings often kind of hard to come by. Mm-hmm. But in that movie, it was sensible. It would actually like protect them, and it wasn't just about showing off the bod. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to the Justice League preview, during which you see some Themyscirans. Uh, either practicing or like running into a battle or something and the armor is like full-on cheesecake this is only going to protect you if somebody tries to like slash your chest or your your hips that's it and that that's what fueled the outrage apparently in the movie they have several different sets of armor that set was like a training set okay interesting using one specific scene other scenes have the full stuff that they saw in in, uh, the wonder woman movie but but that outrage led to this article. This article included a uh, a little interview with Brooke Ence, E-N-S-E. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that quite right, but anyway, one of the women who played one of the sort of extra Themyscirans. And she made the point that, like, she thought that the new outfits were sexy, sure. But the reason why she thought that was because they were more glamorous than the other uh, outfits but also she made the point that as an athlete, like in her day-to-day life, she said that it was really hard to be able to show her body and not immediately feel masculine. Because as an athlete, her body is like more toned, more fit than what the general population would consider feminine. Mm-hmm. But wearing that armor kind of like, because it 
it was about emphasizing the more feminine aspect of bodies allowed her to feel very feminine first. So I feel like part of the popularity of Wonder Woman is kind of, if you'll excuse the pun, tied up with sort of gender norms for men and for women and how like a character like Wonder Woman sort of breaks that down because she is very obviously a woman, but she is also a character who rushes into the front like sword and bracers blazing so to speak i'd by no means want to like avoid the conversation because it is like how characters are depicted in media is obviously very important and like what i'm about to say could sound like it's dismissing it but it's like the intent is like if you have a character that is super powered wouldn't the most effective armor be no like superman doesn't need to wear anything Mm-hmm. he can just lit like mm-hmm. there's a reason he wears like a, a bunch of tights because it doesn't matter what he wears it's yep. literally symbolic yeah um wonder woman not as invulnerable as as superman mm-hmm. but still like apparently pretty much invulnerable to anything but bullets or arrows or whatever yeah and like you can load yourself up in armor but that reduces mobility that's classic berserker style action yeah, yeah. and like Wonder Woman's not a berserker. She's more of a, a fighter, but like yeah. that means enhanced mobility. And like, I don't want to dismiss it by saying it's for practical reasons. Cause that could, that's dumb and could be really sexist, but just it's like Heather would be outraged because like the Themyscirans are not almost invulnerable. They're more mortal <laughs> than Wonder Woman. Yeah. And that's yeah, not practical. Just human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not human. Well, I mean, this, aren't the Themyscirans human? But Wonder Woman yeah, they are. And it's yep. just like the society is all That's... isolated. I yeah. thought they had really long lives. Maybe because they have a Mediterranean diet. The best diet in the world. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I can be wrong on this one. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but yes, so like them being in like less covering armor doesn't seem as practical. Apparently it was from a training scene. I guess they included it in the preview because gotta sell those tickets yeah because everybody was clamoring to see justice league (laughs) well apparently on the heels of the 2017 movie dc announced two things comic book wise one of them was a uh, wonder woman slash conan the barbarian crossover okay (laughs) cool keep going the other one was a line of comics covering the the thrilling backstory of wonder woman's brother hey guys dc knows exactly what wonder woman fans want Wonder woman's brother dave (laughs) hey folks we know that you loved wonder woman we know you've been craving like female representation in media and you we like actually hit one out of the park with the wonder woman movie so what if we told you about wonder woman's brother just so that the guys have someone to to really relate to because there are no other superheroes yeah it's about time what it like well like 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 men cannot uh not not empathize with a woman right so never make another separate difference hero (laughs) call him wonder man no superman wait there was the golden age keep talking i'll be back in a second (laughs) okay well I mean, oh boy. both of those seem like really weird, out-of-touch decisions, but hey, that's what yeah. 
giant movie studios and comic book companies are all about. I mean, comic book companies are fundamentally driven by money-making decisions. Mm -hmm. There were the GLAAD Awards, uh, which are Gay Lesbian Mm. Academy of Arts. Let's... Let's also look that up. Anyway, there were a number of like DC and Marvel comics that had like won awards, but the yeah. comics had since been canceled because they weren't selling copies. But right. the problem is people would probably learn more about those comics when they heard about the awards, but now they're done. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it had been an acronym for Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. That makes sense. Okay. That's true. But it, it sounds like it's just a general title now. It doesn't stand for anything anymore. Yeah. All right, found Wonder Man. Yeah, Wonder Man is a fictional superhero appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Oh no! Yeah, it's actually sort of boring. It's not. It's not like a, a parody of Wonder Woman or anything like that. No, it's just a guy named Wonder Man. But I'm gonna read you his abilities. Uh, okay. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Ionic energy physiology. Flight, extended lifespan, virtual invulnerability, superhuman strength, speed, agility, stamina, and reflexes, enhanced vision and hearing, healing factor, energy blasts, onic vision, power recycling, shape-shifting, teleportation, here's where it gets good, trained electrical engineer, nice, talented actor, capable industrialist, the triple threat. And experienced stuntman. Oh, man. <laughs> Almost as many careers as Barbie. Meh. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> no. Not even no. close. No. <laughs> man, oh, man. But DC did sue Marvel, and then they stopped Wonder Man. Oh, boy. Uh, do you think it's time to talk about the verdict? I think so. Yeah. I'll start. Sure. I really enjoyed the Wonder Woman movie. I have since read a number of criticisms of that movie from a film and a feminist perspective, and they're not wrong. But what's important to me when seeing a movie is feeling things, and Mm -hmm. I really found Wonder Woman, Diana, to be very relatable and instilled in me a feeling that definitely doesn't happen very often in movies and that's hope and feeling like there's hope for change in the world even if it's small change even if it's imperfect change and i wouldn't trade that for anything i would take a wonder woman 2 over a batman or a superman or any of that garbage i would say that i'm in the barrier the hurdle that i must cross over is the perennial comics hurdle which is where the Where do I start? Speak to me, friend. And enter. Uh, exactly. I will... Uh, I can, actually, the Varian Comics history of Wonder Woman gave some good starting points for the Wonder Woman comics. Yeah. Okay. I will have to ask you about that afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I will probably watch that documentary or biopic or whatever it is about Professor Marston because I know that the history of Wonder Woman is fascinating because it's about like a psychologist who was in a polyamorous relationship and then made a comic Mm -hmm. and that comic still exists. It wasn't like some weird thing that people like (laughs) threw away. Maybe it wasn't 
loved when it started i have no idea mm-hmm. but like that's all very fascinating because like that stuff's only starting to happen today to be accepted yeah yeah yes and that's cool and i want to know more about that was like the 30s and 40s yeah like a long yeah. time ago yeah. i mean i think when the wonder woman comics started they were popular with like with kids but then as we mentioned there's that whole crusade against comics because they're bad and evil and make people violent like video games and that was like like that was definitely not just wonder woman that was just comics like in general. across after world war ii across the board yeah superhero comics just went yeah until kind of marvel started up with fantastic four and then like iron man and hulk and stuff like that but yeah well and people got over yeah. the whole ridiculous notion yeah mutants aren't people <laughs> the court decided so um oh, yeah. anyway i'm in Man. That's that. I'm in. Cool. I'm. Don't I'm beat, gonna, I'm gonna don't jump beat in. the door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Quick. Quick. Jump in. Quick. Jump in. Quick. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say that you know I found a few interesting things while researching. Like, in particular, it seems like there's maybe in the past there was some backlash against Wonder Woman being maybe too American or not representative enough of like a broad spectrum of people. But I found it really interesting that in the Wonder Woman Reddit, a lot of the posts were about art and cosplay, and some of those art posts were like alt-nationality Wonder Woman. And that was really cool to see. But then, you know, you've got the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum that, uh, while watching the 2017 movie, noticed that Gal Gadot's armpits were shaved. But why would they be shaved? She's living on Themyscira the whole time, everybody. And, like, I mean, fans will be fans, I guess. Anyway, anyway, I definitely enjoyed the 2017 movie. My quibbles with it are basically just my quibbles with comic book movies, because I've seen a lot of those and kind of gotten used to the structure and stuff. But anyway, as far as being in the Wonder Woman fandom specifically, I'm going to say that I'm out. I appreciate the character. I'd like, I would love to see more Wonder Woman movies, more movies that like represent women. But... I don't feel any like particularly strong pull. If I had to define the why, it would basically be the same why that I imagine characters like Erza Scarlet in Fairy Tale are popular, because they're like these taking stripping away the whole gender thing. They're like these characters who are uh, your standard badass with a heart of gold or badass with like a hidden soft side and maybe like stormy past, that kind of thing. And I feel like those characters are popular because it's sort of like a quick poppy way to show a character with layers, like real people or onions or ogres or ogres. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) But that said, I appreciate it. But as far as being in enough to go to the comics to hunt down other Wonder Woman media, I just got to pass. I'll pick up some more Rat Queens. Guys, there's a Justice League Origins Wonder Woman manga. (laughs) Oh, there you go. It's not available in English, I don't think. (laughs) Oh, dang. Dang. All right. Me next. Mm -hmm. Now, I am more familiar with comics than either of the other two mix. Specifically DC. So I think, based on some of the recommendations I've seen, I'm probably going to investigate some of the Wonder Woman titles more interesting the current rebirth run is like doing a weird thing with canonicity where it's like exploring the new 52 
origin story with their pre New Fifty Two origin story, and it's like I don't know they they undo their previous <laughs> line of launches, of, but like the way the story is being told is very interesting. It alternates issues. One, it's like her exploring her past, and the other one, it's her like today or something like that. She's got her lasso wrapped around herself. Oh man! And she asks, "Who am I?" And she's like, you know, like going on this like psychological journey mm-hmm. to find out what her actual origins are. So like that, that sounds super cool. Yeah. And also there's another comic called Wonder Woman League of One, I believe is pretty okay. recent. Where like all the other Justice League is gone. She's in charge of everything. And that sounds super cool as well. Like fingers crossed that DC like hands the reins <laughs> to more women. Because if they keep making things like Wonder Woman and stop making mm-hmm. dog crap like Batman versus Superman... <laughs> Then I will enjoy a lot more of their movies, and I like DC a lot more than I like Marvel. And I really want to, and I as well enjoyed the movie a lot. So I think that I'm in because I feel like being kind of immersed in the in the comic soup that it's not so much of a a leap getting to the comics and like I enjoy that form of storytelling. So yeah, this has been like a, a good little peek into the Wonder Woman world. It makes me want to explore it further. So I'm in. Nice. Okay. I feel a little bit bad because I only thought to mention this as we get towards the end of the episode. And that is like, obviously we did an episode on Wonder Woman. Yep. Talking about International Women's Day. All of this, like, we're three dudes. And we're talking about like feminist women's issues. And like, it's hard not to do that and not recognize like the perspective that we come from. Yeah. Yeah. But that also is not a very much help when we've literally <laughs> we're wrapping up the episode. So, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um, if Just make this uh, make this little sidebar, Zeep, put that in the middle of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening to this and disagree with us, like we do this because of the perspective that we are are raised in, and not that we can't mm-hmm. learn. Just that this is where we're at. Yeah, we want to be better. Just like DC movies want to yeah. be better, like Wonder Woman. Yeah, and if you disagree with us and you want to reach out, please do so. Twitter, Nick at the com. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. But before we before we get wholeheartedly get into that. Yeah, yeah. Little preview. We do have a spotlight for this week. Spotlight. I tried really hard to find a Wonder Woman related charity and was very surprised that there isn't one. I shouldn't be that surprised because I think for any of the large properties that we look at, you know, media properties mm-hmm. tend to, like, lock their stuff down. <laughs> yeah. So, not super surprised by that. But, obviously, since this episode is intended to be released with International Women's Day, the spotlight is International Women's Day, which you can find at www.internationalwomensday.com. And I'll read a little excerpt from the site because that will give you some insight. International Women's Day, March 8th, is a global day celebrating the social, economic, and political achievements of women. The day also marks a call to action for accelerating gender parity. The day has been observed since the early 1900s, a time of great expansion and turbulence in the industrialized world that saw booming population growth and the rise of radical ideologies. International Women's Day is a collective day of global celebration and a call for gender parity, No one government, non-governmental organization, charity, corporation, academic institution, women's network, or media hub is solely responsible for it, and many organizations declare an annual International Women's Day theme that supports their specific agenda or cause, and some of those are adopted more widely than others. This is not a charity. 
So it's not like I can say just go here and donate. But if you care about gender parity and things like that, you can go to that website. There are lots of resources to learn more about the individual issues, whether they be local or global or, or whatever, economic, cultural, etc. And it can also point you in the direction of many different efforts that are underway to find ways that you can help. So if you're interested in that, take a look at internationalwomensday.com. And uh, there's like a crap load of resources there. And uh, also spaces where you can make commitments to try to make things better or see partners that are trying to make things better. So check that out. Feels like a really weird place to be like, and our podcast. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But like... (laughs) We can like hum like some music and then come come back feels, to it. I feel like <laughs> yes the American national anthem it's perfect <laughs> I feel like I'm too I want to be too venerable towards the National Women's Day to be like and if you like I don't, I don't even know I don't know what this like wait for um, at least yeah, just, just play a clip of the US national anthem <laughs> Well, at least we know that we have humility, right? It's not like yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. cool, and just like, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Just drive into yeah, that. If you want no. to hear three dudes talk about stuff on the internet that they hardly know anything about. Yeah, in the spirit of International Women's Day, I was just thinking about shutting the hell <laughs> up. Just an extra 10 minutes of silence. I mean, you know, the easy way to do that is just end the episode if you're going to do that. That's right. Shut it down. <laughs> The easiest way would be like understanding the importance of International Women's Day. You don't have to check out stuff by us because women's voices are important. Mm -hmm. But if you did still want to hear more from us, because hopefully other things that we say are positive and have a positive impact on like gender parity and things like that. We talked about Sailor Moon in one of our episodes and there have been other episodes that talked about feminism. I don't remember which one's offhand, but I feel like the topic of women in fandom has come up repeatedly. Oh, yeah. But if you did want to check that out, you can check us out on the various social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at the NextCast, pretty much everything at thenextcast.com. And you can also email us, nick at the NextCast, if you want to see more things of a particular type. If you want us to cover more feminist-friendly fandoms yeah. or women-focused fandoms or representative fandoms like you can also send that to us and we'll we'll do that because we don't always know about the things that we're researching and it's cool to learn new things mm-hmm. i know i kind of stole your thunder though g but i was already talking <laughs> <laughs> all right if you finish this episode and still thirsty for more podcasts we encourage you to go over to itunes and check out some of the following podcasts we have faculty of horror the Anime Feminist Podcast, which is uh, Chad AF, I believe. Yep. Possibly my favorite podcast name. It's a good <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> we got Booze and Phasers, at Maximum Funds Reading Glasses, and we got Black Girl Nerds. Check out all of those podcasts if you listen to this just in the morning and just getting your day started. You want to line yourself up mm-hmm. for the rest of the day with some quality listening material. Those are my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. They're also all a combination of feminist or women hosted podcasts yeah i believe that leaves us with just one segment that's right that's right our phones are at one bar so it's time to start (laughs) wrapping up it's got one segment left that segment is famous last words 
the segment so nice we do it twice. Next week, we will be talking about fans of breakfast cereal in a radical departure from this week's topic. <laughs> and so the question is, what do we want to research for it next week? And what do you, anyone listening on Twitch, want us to research about breakfast cereal fans? Mm-hmm. All right, I got one. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> Why is Cinnamon Toast Crunch the internet's favorite cereal? Ooh. I've literally done no research, by the way. Damn. I'm just putting it out there. Seems to be pretty meme but uh, I've never seen a single meme about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Well, I'm just assuming, it, like, based on the cereal, yeah, that it is everyone's favorite. <laughs> you know what? It's not a question. <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the internet's favorite cereal. Okay, I've gone from oh. vague question to definitive statement. All right. Well, what I want to know is, out of all the cereals in all the world. Which cereal, either created by corporate overlords or fans themselves, has the most complex Song of Ice and Fire style background story? Like real life? Or not, like... No, 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 no. Like the mascots. Like the mascots. Oh. The characters. Okay. I'm sure that there's probably some corporate intrigue between like Frosted Flakes and Corn Flakes or whatever, but... I'm not too worried about like people getting microfiches with uh, flavor blasting profiles on them. Okay. Look forward to that answer. <laughs> I mean, in general, my question is like, how big are these fan bases? But that's mm-hmm. pretty much going to come up in the fan effects. Mm-hmm. So I'm more curious, like how divisive is the fandom? Like, hold on a second. Okay. If you're a fan of Corn Pops, how can you love Captain Crunch kind of thing? Well, like, what I really want to know is, like, yeah, maybe I like a cereal and you like a cereal. And, oh, we're fans of a cereal because we like a thing and that's the only requirement to be a fan. Don't care. That's dumb. Screw you. You're dumb. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. (laughs) No, I know. Um, The internet forgives you. (laughs) But what I want to know is just, like, are there people who are, like, diehard lucky charms fans and they get in like turf wars with with tony the tiger crap frosted flakes (laughs) is there like serious creative work going on in those spaces am i going to find like bizarre sex fix about like the bee from from like (laughs) honey nut cheerios like i'm not prepared for this episode internet is a big place my friend a big place with many shadows. I can never remember which cereal mascots do not have access to the cereal and which ones <laughs> seem to be like representing the cereal and have infinite access to it. I feel like the Trix Rabbit is the only one who doesn't have access to it. I feel like the bee would always have trouble getting to the Cheerios. I think only in the context of the commercials, like the bee would be presenting what it to people. Con- what, other, what other context is there? I mean, the box. I don't know. Oh, shoot. What was the... Captain Crunch is the one that has the games, right? Like the PC games? Don't they all have games? Yeah, there was like a bunch of games that were released on a CD for Captain Crunch. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to make a note to look up Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch game. This isn't famous last words. This is just notes to myself now. Yeah. Man, oh, man. All right, well, 
if we're done with the famous last word, I guess it's time for the sign off. Yep. So yeah, until next week, when we get the chance to talk about breakfast cereal fans, may your cinnamon toast crunch stay swirly and your uh, Captain Crunch not go soggy. I mean, I hope it goes a little soggy. Otherwise. <laughs> Goodbye, roof of your mouth. Crisp never goes soggy. <laughs> Happy International Women's Day, everyone. Yes. Nope. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. Cut out that crap that I said, see? <laughs> we, right. we should be highlighting other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what are, we, what are we doing now? Where do we go from here? <laughs> I got the impression that G was going <laughs> to... No, we're not doing that. That's fine. <laughs> I got the impression that G was going to promote the four podcasts we just talked about.